0: Covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Welcoming in everybody to the latest edition of Inside the Walls. Zach Heilman here alongside with my good buddy, pal and co-host Jim Bernier, as we bring you the latest version of the final walkthrough, part of the Inside the Walls podcast during this season welcome aboard everybody i hope you're enjoying the nal season so far we're getting closer and closer to that midweek point a lot of exciting action as we talked about earlier this week happened last week and is adding more implications to what might be going on down the line jim how you doing man uh have you uh have you rec- have you you settled down a little bit since the sharks got that uh upset uh, you you kind of kind of back down to reality here you chilling out or are you still um, uh you still pumped up and uh you know, ready to I'm, see the Shark Tank rattle.
1: I'm ready to see the it rattle. It's always going to rattle. It doesn't care. Well, I know, I know. The know. But, it, but
0: it, it rattles a little extra when there's winning football in Jacksonville.
1: Yeah, uh, the vibe. You can feel the atmosphere here in Jacksonville changing. Um, A lot of Shark fans, uh, most of you, our listeners, know who we're talking about on all these trap boards. There's energy back in the Shark Tank. And I think Jacksonville found the guy last week in Arville Nelson that made this offense look like, a well-oiled machine. And with Dangerfield coming in now and with the San Antonio Gunslingers coming in town, um, the energy in Jackson was high, really. Um, Week seven of the NAL season is coming up, so we're technically 24 hours away. But when this podcast is released, um, today is midweek. Today is the halfway point of the season. Uh, We're seven weeks away from the NAL playoffs. So, and we might have a game this week that is pivotal for the postseason already with seven weeks out. Usually, you don't see that in a lot of sporting, leagues, especially in the NFL. They're not talking about the postseason, week 10. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, you still have eight weeks left in the year. But overall, the atmosphere in Jacksonville is good. Um, you know, we look at the transaction wires, a couple of questions we can arise about players being suspended. We're not going to get into that. Um, but a few signings happen in Jacksonville again. Mike Hollis is making his return. Uh, apparently the kicking situation jack so i think the i think uh, barber is dealing with an injury don't know 100 official from that okay um but but energy about the energy that i'm getting down to orlando's in the good a good vibe uh of course carolines getting ready to uh prove that they are the best team in the nal Um. Uh, that last week was a fluke and they have a great matchup against albany who is on a nice little win streak and they have a little bit of revenge from week one. So yeah, week seven is here and I'm ready. Honestly,
0: Nice. And you know, let's, let's get into that. Mike Hollis signing a little bit. So Mm -hmm. first off that, that was kind of the big question from people was, you know, is there an injury to, you know, barber or not? Mm -hmm. And maybe if not, is it just, you know, because Hollis was signed on at least to participate and try on for the team in the off season. Uh, So that was kind of a shocker to see across the transaction wire, but Hey, he's activated. He came in this week to get reps. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: We might be seeing arguably the oldest kicker in football, and one of the oldest kickers in football history, make a field goal over this weekend.
1: Yeah, it will actually set the record. Honestly, if Mm -hmm. if he kicks in tomorrow's game, he will be the oldest field goal kicker slash kicker to ever kick in a professional game, beating uh, Adventary's record. So. That's a that's an interesting feat. Hey, I don't care if you're 50 60 or 70 if you can still kick a ball and you still have passions to kicking a ball and you kick the ball good enough why the heck not I don't I don't blame him if you're watching the Sharks still over the year a lot of shark fans have been like, why not make him try What's the worst that can happen? Oh sure so, well,
0: he had some interesting or I would say a unique quotes about kicking an arena you know for himself. Because it wasn't just the sharks that wrote about on their site. You know, local affiliates or local news sources down in Jacksonville wrote at the time about it and
1: NBC News Channel Twelve.
0: Yeah, and he was talking about how it's like you know kickers in arena sometimes overthink how to kick, and it's like just trust your instincts and you'll usually get it straight and true. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that his instincts pay off when he's in there. You know, I think it's just a cool story for the league. You know, so I mean, it was nice to see that he signed
1: on again. So that was nice. You got people out there who say this is a money grab. Okay. There's no money grapes in the arena game. I was just saying, oh, wait this a is minute. this is just a money grab. That's no, it's, he, he's not getting paid what he used to get paid in the national. He played for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He can, made can, a lot of money. Can he just for have them. fun. Yeah. Let's just
0: have, like, how about fun? Like he's in his, he's yeah. in a city that like that adored him in the early years of the Jaguars. That's, you know, why not just let the game a little yeah. fun, man? Like it's like
1: on. when pe- it's like when people lost their minds that Brett Favre was coaching high school and actually playing high school football with the high school receivers. They're like, why is he doing this? Because he has the love of the game. Like if he's out there, he wants to do it. The guy's retired. This is basically mm-hmm. a part-time gig. Why not do it? Um, but, yeah, it's – for me, as a fan, I'm really intrigued to watch this. I want to see how it happens and see how it's going. It's a good story. And like what he mentioned in the article is that they lose their instinct to just, just trust your leg, trust your position, trust your motion. And I just go back and look at the NL kickers, T.C. Stevens and uh, and Roscoe. Oh, Ro- uh, Roscoe. Roscoe and uh, mm-hmm. Rosco Albany. They are trusting their legs and they're hitting deuces. And it's just – we've seen last year with Peterson and uh, um, Burris from Orlando or Boris from Orlando. Uh, I forgot his or, name.
0: Orlando. It was Orlando. Well, now it's Justino that's there. It's Justino, um, yeah,
1: but, but think, last year, the UCF kicker. I think it's Burris or Boris. Like, God. well, he came in, he got signed and day one, he's, kicking this, So it's, it's all about rhythm, trusting. And that article that what my college was mentioning, Um, or that you mentioned that was on. I think actually news channel twelve for people here in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. Um, they did it. Did the article, and I think the sharks posted on their uh, their Twitter account too and socials. I think it's a a great aspect that the kicking game. Yes, the outdoor game is a lot different from the indoor game, but it's all the same mentality. And I think a lot of people go into kicking and they are in a game. Forget that. Yes, you're in an enclosed facility. Yes, goalposts are around eight feet wide. Um, but in the National Football League, you see a lot of NFL kickers, the good NFL kickers like Graham Ganoes in the in the NFL. When they're kicking those 60-yard field goals in the NFL, what's most of those kickers that the kick in that? In that eight-yard stretch where the freaking hash lines are. They're that good. So yeah. it, people say, oh, it's hard to kick in the arena. Yeah, it's hard to kick in arena. But if they brought that mentality, the outdoor game, the indoor, it would be easy transition, but what am I? I'm a defensive lineman. I didn't kick. If I would have gone down to kick, I would have looked like uh, Zach Brown there a couple weeks ago for the Carolina Cobras. It will be like just a little roller going on down on maybe the 10-yard line and the opposing offense has the ball at the 10, and I'll be the one that's the idiot. But, yeah, I, I play D-line, so I don't know about it. But, yeah, Mike Hollis is with the Sharks. Uh, I think it's a good story. Um, it's, it's you No, know, it's the arena game. Uh, yes, yeah, people if you got fans, oh, it's a money grab. It's, it's good people to get tickets to the game. So we're not supposed to tell people to get tickets. So this is a great thing to get people into the arena. And I wish some other arena teams into the league do it. Some people that are in the team or that are associated with, like Albany, get some guy from Auburn or get some guy from Georgia to do this. Orlando, UCF, University of Florida, Florida State, whoever. to get trying to bring fans to the game. You bring fans to the game to just watch this guy. They get addicted to the game. They come back for more games. We're just here to share the love, man. I don't care if they bring Mark Brunell in for the Jacks J- Sharks to play. Oh, like, dang could you it. Imagine? Like, oh, trust me. I'll be there with my old Mark Brunell jersey. Just, like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> it's 1999 again. Oh, God. I just remembered that bad. What a bad year to mention. Sorry, Shark Jaguar <laughs> fans. God. Oh, Titans. no. Devin Wilson's going to text me. Ha, 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 ha. 1999. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. It's a, a good game. Uh, I think it's going to be a good game and it's going to be a good story. It'd be. I guarantee you, it's going to hit ESPN or Fox Sports, whoever does it, about the oldest kicker uh, playing professional sports. So it's going to be pretty exciting. The guy's fifty years old; he just turned fifty, I think, this week. So he's this good saying he's already at the top of the mountain; and it's only downhill from there. Um, right. Or you can hear some people: "Oh, is the new 30. So great! So the new thirty, new thirty-five is the new twenty. Okay, so I'm twenty years old now again, back to my football age. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah fun fun story um i think i'm gonna be i'm excited like you are to watch out for that um yeah that's like so that's kind of and i i was checking up dylan Barnos. i can't believe i forgot Barnos. Him last year. I, and dylan if you if you watch the show i apologize we too. apologize yeah that that is on us and especially fans who watch that that's that's on us jim yeah, dylan,
1: myself see i'm consider myself as a third person jim always messes up on a name like samson
0: <laughs> <Samsonov>. <laughs> it's, it's the classic classic
1: yeah samson off the caroline quarterback <laughs> sam castronova yeah that's nowhere near samson no, right right <laughs> right
0: man bar i mean barnes isn't there now but justino it's funny justino actually drained into deuce this this past week yeah. so nice to i mean hey they were they got a, another kicker in this league it's mm-hmm. hitting them nice so happy to see that you know Barber being able to come in last week and take strides at yeah. getting better at that, getting better at the arena game that way too. I was happy to see. All I think that the well.
1: only team that hasn't hit a deuce is Columbus right now. Everyone else has at least once Jackson got two last week. Uh, TC got one last week. Orozco got one last week and, uh, what was the guy's name? Stefan or Stephane Um, Boy, who's the kicker? You got me confused well, who the kicker was in Orlando now, man. No, no, no. Just, just Justino. Justino. No. See, I was about never. I was about to say the homeboy from last year again. See, no, no, so it wasn't,
0: see, D- wasn't Dylan. He hasn't. Wow. He hasn't. He hasn't reported that I can tell. Um, no, it. Uh, it just, messing just, up
1: names and messing up the years of the guys are playing. No, I
0: understand. I understand. No, uh, Dan, Daniel. It's uh, Daniel Justino. That's his name. So yeah i mean good kudos to him but yeah a lot of good kicking that's what we're seeing it's a lot the transition is getting back to the normal you know weapons are back in action that's what we're trying to tell you you know (laughs) to keep that that in
1: mind that deuce in the first the the start the second half in jacksonville carolina was the deuce that determined the outcome yeah just saying you know you're wrong
0: you ain't wrong well here's the thing last week was pretty uh pretty gnarly yeah, in terms of uh, how things got shaken up, we talked about it or hinted at it in our rewind. Power rankings might be shuffling a little bit. Before mm-hmm. we jumped on this show, you're telling me that you're gonna make me surprised because some of your stuff's gonna get weird. Mine might yeah, too. I don't. Right. I, I.
1: I. I don't know. I don't. We'll weird. see how we react here. Weird. It's like, is this the Twilight Zone all of a sudden? Yeah, it's gonna get weird. Uh a lot of questions have arose this past week. There's some teams that we've had in power, the power rankings positions that I think now don't deserve to be in their location or deserve to be in another spot. So, yeah, um, I'm, it's time for me to tick off a lot of fan bases. And it's also time for me to gain some f- fandom back from some of the fans that we've ticked off before. So okay. it's the love and hate segment. Okay. <laughs> here the we, power rankings. Yeah,
0: here we go, man. So, uh, Six.
1: Mm-hmm. Number six for me hasn't changed. Okay. It's the 0-4 San Antonio gunslingers. The only reason why is because they're 0 and 4. That you could tell over the last couple of weeks they're getting they're getting better. They're improving. They're in these games more competitively. They're one or two plays away of turning games around, like in Orlando in the, in the second half. They had an open touchdown, Robert Kent. Then they got a turnover, 14-point swing, took the lead. I'm like, this is the moment San Antonio will get that advantage get the W. Unfortunately, didn't go that way. Orlando responded to win. I have San Antonio at six, but I can't say it because people said about Jacksonville, couple, they're the best 0-3 team in the league. Um, they're the best 0-4 team in the league, even though they're the only 0-4 team in the league. But I hate putting them at six, but right now um, the win column's at zero, and that's what's holding them back in my ranking.
0: And same. It's it's growing pains. It's more and more growing pains. I thought the way that it was going into the third quarter, I thought San Antonio might be might be taking one in the jungle. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, the same same stuff. There's few things that receivers and quarterbacks still aren't fully on in sync with what needs to be going down. Mm-hmm. Um, felt there was a few miscues that you know stuttered drives, you know, turnover on downs late in that game in that contest. You know, cause I mean, like I said, we mentioned on the rewind, you know, they had that 14 point swing and took the lead in the third quarter off of a fumble, off a of fumble for a kick return. And it was like, there, there you go. You stay consistent and you keep matching them one for one. You might just end this game with a one possession victory, but yeah, there's still one too many things that just aren't working out and they're not getting down fundamentally as well. I think some of the play calling too, and I've been noticing this more and more, you know, I know the, and this is for context. I know that the gunslingers came up from the AAL, which is more traditional indoor style. So I still see, you know, Fred Shaw, it seems like he still uses a lot of the indoor concepts with this. That doesn't really work. I don't know. Like for some reason, I see them throwing more swing passes than any other NAL yeah. team. And I'm like, swing passes are great if you get the right blockers and if they're rated, but they don't. But that's the thing. Like, that, and they that play timing's lot sh- not, that, that timing's not there right now. Yeah,
1: you know, like, I was gonna say example, they also play a lot of sh- shotgun too that other NA teams don't do. Right. right. It's it's which, not
0: a very traditional arena exactly offense. Yeah.
1: Which, is but fine they're scoring points. They're mm-hmm. making plays. It's just that third quarter last week they took the advantage. They didn't capitalize on it. They have set back, and Orlando just then on just took over. It's just marginal stuff. They're there. They're. Honestly, overlooking the last couple of weeks, they should have won Columbus game. They're there, in my opinion. But, yes, what you're mentioning, I totally agree, too. Sorry, so, to so, Jeff, Jeff, I just had to throw in the shot.
0: But a lot of growing, I guess, the long story short, growing pains, and that's just, maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, to, but, hey, Coach Shaw, this is, this is this is his year first in the NAL as the coach for the Gunslingers. So, you know, obviously coached beforehand, but now this is his first year as an NAL head coach, so. You know, we'll see. You know, it's a long, still a long season. They're going to figure things out. John Wayne, I imagine, is going to be one of those teams that's going to be making changes throughout the year, like we've right. seen in years past. So we'll never. Well, who knows? Number five, though, this is I think where we're going to get interesting. Um, I'll be honest, just for the sake of what I saw this week, I am moving care, I am moving Orlando back down to five. Um, no offense to them, they did win, but remember, I had Jacksonville down five last week kind of hard for me to justify they're still there um orlando did get a win but again their are only two victories are against san antonio which have their own struggles and are growing with this league and getting used to the speed of this league i'm only moving them down on technicality um rakeem cato dude is on a tear i'm telling you right now this week when they play the lions i am going to be seeing if they take that step and they show that you know they're a leg above the lions at that point i'm just going to be frank he has been on a tear he is I am high on him. I am buying stock in him. If he is on on Wall Street, I'm telling you right now. (laughs) DraftKings.
1: I wish. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah. What I'm saying is
0: I'm bullish on Raheem Cato and that offense. That's what I'm trying to tell you.
1: Hey, they're at five. Not bad. But are they as bad as my number five? My number five is the Columbus Lions.
0: You know, I was wondering if you would be doing that.
1: I Number five, was wondering, but here's the reason why over the last 10 quarters, the Columbus lions have not looked like the Columbus lions of halftime of San Antonio game in week two, since now with the two bye weeks, they've just been very inconsistent. The quarterback play is the issue uh, penalties. Bad play calling, getting blown out by a Jacksonville team that was desperate for a win. Right, then going toe to toe with San Antonio, but bronze for, for not San Antonio for Albany. Mm-hmm. But honestly, even though the score was low, it almost felt like the game was never going to tilt their way. San Antonio uh, and Albany was always getting the advantage. Right, but it's now been three games I've seen from uh, Columbus. That I have not been impressed. Yes, they've, you know, they won in San Antonio, but they got crushed by Jacksonville and had a very ugly loss against Albany. Like, that's just, just telling me that you're regressing in my book. Now you're going to play a very, like what you mentioned with Cato, a very explosive, a very healthy, and the team find themselves in the Orlando Predators. Key factor right there. I have Columbus there. Am I losing trust in Jason Gibson? No, they're just going through a very bad patch that Jacksonville went through last season. Yeah. Now Columbus is going through that situation. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, this all started in the offseason when not one, not two, not three, but four guys that were on their roster didn't even even show up for training camp. They went somewhere else. And one of those is Mason Espinosa and Corey Crawford. It's like the list goes... Peterson. The list keeps going on and on and on. So it's just been a very hard season so far for Columbus. But lucky for them, their schedule is balanced the rest of the way. They still have four home games and they have four road games. So they can win. They got a couple of key road games coming up. And then of course, a couple of crucial matches with the early Predators also. And of course, San Antonio. So they got games that they can win. But right now, number five. Love you, Josh. I love you, Columbus. But I got to be honest right now. Just bad football all around two and two and the last 10 quarters you just haven't it's just not been the same honestly you can say the whole season but i'm gonna say the last thing well
0: well and you gotta add on i mean they're they're dealing with injuries too like those are starting yeah. to stack up for them and it's only they've only played four games and they're already having to figure out like you know who's gonna be four games and, like,
1: and two bye weeks already so they're right, they're on the stretch for the rest of the way
0: right i mean we, we had to talk about james james and forston and or Jamar Forston possibly playing quarterback in the second half. He and did. He, I mean, well, he played, he played at the end of the second quarter and then Darren Daniel came in yeah. off of the bench, dressed up all of a sudden and came out. But I mean, you got to figure that out. You know um, my understanding or our understanding is there's injuries on the line that that's going to be a problem in a game like this, where it's about quick passing and getting that ball out of there, you know, players,
1: have- Suspensions, right, and injuries. also fact Iron Man, you know, Iron suspensions Man yeah. too.
0: Like we mentioned, we partially mentioned referencing uh, Carrie Starks. He's yes, he's suspended for the for next week and maybe beyond from what the league Probably. language is. We'll see. So we know. can't
1: get confirmation yet, but yeah, right. Um, it's just a lot. of Things are building up. Like keep building that stuff up. Eventually, it's just gonna get up, uh, catch up to you, and it's catching up to him right now. Um, but. It's a arena game where one week you can be the worst team in the league, league and two weeks later you're contending for a playoff spot. So the luck—that's the benefit of six teams. Top mm-hmm. four get in. Yeah, you're the fifth place team. That's not out. Technically, if the playoffs started today, Jacksonville's out. They're right. half a game behind. So power rankings, like my my head coach said in high school, I've mentioned this before. Power rankings don't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> They don't mean it.
0: Results the matter first. Yeah. We just have an opinion how we feel, you know.
1: And I kind of edited myself. So you got the it part. So yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, power rankings don't mean anything. You gotta win on the front, but yeah, right now Columbus is number five. But come back with this power ranking in five weeks, they could be number three, could be number two. It could flip just like that. It's just a lot of injuries are just piling up on Columbus right now. That's just holding them down in my rankings. I could be like the BC, well, the pro was it the college football playoff committee. Right now, oh, you you're go. two and two, and you play in the ACC. Ah, you unranked. <laughs> see, but but you see
0: that's how I am with like Orlando? I, I'm, yeah. I'm like the college football. It's like, what about your uh, level of, I mean, no offense to Santo San again, no offense to San Antonio. And I know I'm gonna smoking guns, guys, smoking guns guys are gonna be like, Phil's what gonna do you come mean? after you. Oh, I mean, no, Phil's gonna be after me <laughs> after I say this. It's just that your only two wins are against the newest team that already was going to have to figure out how to keep up with top tier talent in this yeah. league. So that's why that's that like you it's well, everything's starting to stack up right now. And yeah. I see that argument too, which I assume I'm going to take a guess at your four, but I'm going to let you say it. I'm guessing you put Orlando above them at
1: four. Are you sure? I'm going to stick with that. my number. My number four is the red and black with the primary color being black. That is the Orlando. Predators. Yeah, so there, there you go. That's our what I thought. <laughs> um, I got them at number four because, yes, over the last three weeks, they've been very competitive against Albany, very competitive against Carolina, and they got the win over San Antonio. Kind of a, a very confident win over San Antonio. only reason why I got them at number four, um, they're two and three, and they just look better on paper. They played very well against better competition, but their only wins are against San Antonio. Uh, they won the season series in San Antonio, so if there's a tie, they break it. Um, I look at their quarterback situation. Kato looks good. The receivers are starting getting are starting gelling. They got some players returning, like Devin Maxwell with Kenya Alfred. Uh, yes, Brandon Fuentes is hurt, injured for a couple of weeks, but they still have Josh Jenkins. They still have a defensive core that's solid. They're finding themselves, like we mentioned in Wednesday review, is the Orlando Predators right now going to copy what they did last year, where they came out of the gate sluggish, found found some consistency, then the wins came after. Um, I got them at number four. If this was betting odds, I think they're right now the fourth best team to make the playoffs. It will come seven weeks from now. Their schedule really benefits them, but they got three crucial, crucial matchups against the Jackson Sharks starting yes. next week in the four week. You know, three out of four weeks, they play the Sharks. Two of them means the Jacksonville. Big, crucial match that will be the determining factor for their postseason hopes this year, or it could they could break them, possibly trying to catch either Albany or Carolina for a two seats. So I got I like the direction they're going. Higgins found something. They got players returning. They're getting healthier. And Cato has adapted to the arena game very nicely over the last couple of weeks. And now they're home against Columbus. And this could be a determining factor of my ranking. Are they better in the Columbus? Right now they are in the power ranking. So Orlando fans, go prove it. I mean, Orlando and, I, and
0: Orlando fans oh, are. Yeah. And and I, and that's my thing is it's very much a f- first matchup of the year for them against the lions. This is where you can prove it. You know, it's one, it's your final uh, game of your home stand, you know, yep. the jungle represent the jungle, bring in the other jungle from Georgia, you know, should be a fun game. And like I said, I think it's one that I think will kind of settle in as to where I think the playoff field might be honestly. Um, but that's why I'm, holding back because number 4 is Columbus for me. Um 2 and 2 but as we touched on man there's there's stuff starting to stack up in Columbus where it's like that 2 and 2 record I mean fair they've had some buys but it's starting to feel a little shaky for a 2 and 2 record right now. Um and they got some things to fix up. You know, I I Jason Coach Gibson knows this very well. He he I mean we talked a week ago and I imagine he's feeling the similar deal after them playing in Albany where it's like, man, now we got more stuff to deal with with injuries and you know, suspensions and things like that to tinker with and having a quick fix on the fly. You know, It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough sledding. I, I put him at four right now. Jeff, Orlando would have to prove it to me, or one of these two is going to have to prove it, which one will, you know, I think supplant who's going to stay at maybe that fourth position in the playoffs mm-hmm. come the end of the year. But that's why I think this week's matchup between those two is so crucial is like, hey, who's really trending up right now? Correct. You know, I mean, that's my whole beef on it. So I got them at four just for that. A lot of issues that they're dealing with. And also because my number three team, I mean, come on, that upset. Like I said, that was uh, that was seismic and they did everything right yeah. in that. It, it's, yeah, it's fins up, man. Jacksonville's yeah. three. And, and I know they're, and some people are like, well, dude, they're two and four. It's like, look. Look who they lost to. Look how close they lost to these people. They just picked up Arvell Nelson, which we were wondering about the rust. There's no rust. And some people are going, is there a QB controversy? No, it's Arvell Nelson's job to lose at this point. Mm-hmm. How, how do you argue? I, no offense to Mike Henry, but how do you argue that he is going to be starting over Arvell after what you just saw him play last week? And the pedigree that Arvell Nelson has from his AFL days alone, he played like he was in the AFL. You don't change that out. I'm sorry, Coach Coach Burley. If you did that, I'd be like, I'm sorry, Malik Henry, young guy, young guy into the NAL scene at least. You know, maybe goes somewhere else next year and thrives. But come on, you need you're trying to win now. You know, Malik's a great backup for them to have in their pocket. But Arvell's your guy. You got to run with Arvell. You you can't move away from it after last week. You know, and one thing I gotta give kudos to not only Arvell but. I mean, Barber alone, you know, he came into clutch. You know, when you're going against T.C. Stevens in the kicking game like that, it's kind of hard to keep up with deuces. You know, the fact that he was able to keep up on his end of the deal, was able to deliver on special teams well, adding the fact the Sharks got the crucial stop at the beginning of the third quarter on that first Cobra's drive, which really, if they don't get that stop, you could argue the Cobras win by a possession because the possession game flips on them. That stop won them that game. And that is a lot of credit to coming so close, needing that piece that Arvell Nelson is. There are three because of it. Like it just adds up to me. They go to three just because of that. And Jim, I know you've talked to me off screen. They have such a reasonable schedule up ahead with that roster and Jared Dangerfield coming in supposedly this week to make his first plays impactful. Mm-hmm in the Shark Tank, who used to play alongside Arville Nelson with the Valor, there's a lot of positivity going on right now for a two-and-four team.
1: With Naquan Murray, with Rob Jones, with Devin Wilson, and Dangerfield, and Kelly, and now Arville Nelson. Yeah, yeah, Jacksonville's two-and-four. They found their missing piece. They found the guy, I think, that performance he did against Carolina, that he almost was near perfect he single-handedly beat all uh, beat Carolina and J- Jonathan Bain. Jonathan Bain was slinging it too. It was yes, a quarterback. It was. was a quarterback battle between both of them. Uh, my number three is the Jacksonville Sharks. Just I'm just not going to answer everything that you just did. Um, <laughs> Jacksonville schedule five. They got I think four. No, they got five in the next seven games at home. I think it is. Um, if I'm correct, we we were home. Again. Yeah, five of the next seven are home. Mm-hmm. Um, this big old
0: home stint coming up with the shark um, tank.
1: So you get Orlando at home twice. You get Carolina at home twice. And you got San Antonio at home. And your only road games are at San Antonio and Columbus. Five of the seven are at home. Um, that schedule, if Jackson finds a way to win four of those home games they're going to win one of the two road games in columbus or in san Antonio, so they can literally go six and one or five and two in the second half of the season and flip that record and we're talking on freak on august 2nd or august 3rd the first round of the playoffs a pivotal matchup that could be sharks and albany round three but this time with arville nelson is it is this, right. is, 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 is this the beginning of that three seed that you do not want to face in the playoffs? Well, that's because the thing, in, every, in every postseason possessions, or every postseason, there's always that one team you do not want to face, even though they're not a home team. They're that road team you don't want to play. Is this the week, or is this the stretch that we're about to see the Sharks play, that stretch that makes them that three seed? Or possibly, if something happens above them, are they that team that sneaks in against gets that two seed and at least has home field for one game in the playoffs?
0: Right. I mean, think of, I mean, that's the thing. They don't play Albany the rest of the season. So no. you, you avoid that. You avoid any dealings with that or having to get through a rough patch of maybe playing them again. Um, Carolina is your main, Carolina is your main one. And they're um, both home. At least if I'm, yeah, I mean, if we look at the remaining schedule, Carolina, and then you have some again. You have Columbus, but again, Columbus. I mean, there's stuff you got to figure out before you get to that next matchup with them. Mm-hmm. Orlando, we'll see how that pans out this week and if how their status is. But they're they are trending upward. Those Correct. will be those will be tougher. Those are technically rivalry games, as, as we know. So, you know. correction:
1: we have eight more games. I forgot we are also at Orlando too. So we're at mm-hmm. Orlando, at Columbus, and at San Antonio. So and correction, of course, eight this games.
0: Week you uh, you get San Antonio. So Correct. you know which I mean. Anything pre-sale tickets
1: looks good so it, far. It, again, it not, not very good. Not disappointed again with the sharks with pre-sale tickets for this game. So I'm.
0: It does look very good. Okay, I got same deal as we've been doing lately. Is there really any change in the top two? I mean, there I mean credit. Carolina did lose, so that is. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything changing? I personally do not. I still have it one two the same.
1: Okay, this is uh for I'm. Um, uh, I think we. You say you got one, two. I still have
0: Carolina and Albany.
1: Albany, okay. Respectfully, mine doesn't change. Here's why: Carolina's losses to Jacksonville, Albany's losses to Carolina. That's the only reason why it doesn't change. You do not jump a team if records are very similar, like they are. Carolina's five and one, Albany's four and one. But you can't jump a team that barely lost to a very good Sharks team now while Albany's loss was to the team that's above them in Carolina. Now that can switch next week because they play this week. Uh, but right now, yes, Carolina uh, did get the loss and and Car- and Albany did get the win. We could treat it like the BCS system or the college football playoff rankings. Carolina lost to a better team than who Albany beat. So basically, Alabama just beat Kentucky. Yeah. They're not jumping Texas A&M who just beat Georgia vice versa. Just right. saying, that's how my <laughs> rankings are going to do. Only reason why I do is Southeast because most of our audience are in the Southern, Southeast and we know the SEC. I'm a Florida State fan. Don't want to talk about it. The SEC is nowhere near the SEC, but anyways. But that's the reason why. Uh, Albany's winning. They're winning games. They're staying consistent. They're Last week was separation Saturday in our books. You see the separation between the two teams. Um, This week, it's who wants to be the number one team. Albany wins, they tie the series. Carolina wins, they win the season series against Albany and win that crucial tiebreaker at the end of the year. Um, But right now, my power rankings do not change. Same sentiment about Carolina. Tough game against Jacksonville. Jacksonville found their weapon, got hot, and beat them. It's very hard to go undefeated in the arena game. Uh, the Sharks in 2019 and Astros Sharks in 2017. It's very hard to go undefeated in a game period. I think only one team went undefeated all the time in Arena Football, and I think that was like in the 1980s. Um, and it, I don't think they even won anything. I think they lost in the playoffs. So it's very hard to go undefeated. Um, but yeah, those are my two teams. Uh, they're still both teams are both loaded, honestly. Um, and I expect an exciting matchup this week up in Albany for game number two. Uh, and it's, I think it's being crucial, but right now, my power rankings, as followed repeat is of uh, Carolina, Albany, Jacksonville, Orlando, Columbus, and San Antonio,
0: yeah, I mean, no movement, and your your logic to me is sound that's the same reason why you know Albany has to prove they can beat Carolina here mm-hmm. uh, and also i I'll add on a chip to this, and this impacts this week's game. um, Ryan Roscoe going down definitely has me going. Ugh. I mean, credit, they could have someone lined up that can kick because, mm-hmm. I mean, Coach Manas in his weekly show, he talked about that he's already got options, and that maybe Roscoe might even play. Nonetheless, him possibly being out, you know, he's been arguably the best kicker in the league so far this season.
1: So far, yeah, I agree. I mean,
0: and so that impact for special teams, that's another thing. I just can't put him ahead that way. That unit's not, I will not say, handicapped right now, but it's, it's definitely – not at its peak level if he's down. So yep.
1: the key, the, the key component this time around is Sam Castranova. Correct. That's right. Mike Faithful week one? Now it's Sam Castanova. and Carolina is still the same team. Dane's still right now. There's an MVP vote, even though Arvell impressed me. Bain still right now the MVP of the league, if there is one right now. Um, and Darius Prince also has a hell of an argument in that conversation too. So. Um, these two teams, by roster, like we mentioned in the offseason, deja vu, deja, deja vu. vu. <laughs> Still the two best rosters in the league, but there's teams below them that have made moves that are catching up. And this week we could see them either gang ground on them or the toe teams that we talked about, Carolina and Albany, separate themselves even further from them. That so mid, That
0: mid-pack. It's the mid-pack madness.
1: No, you call so <laughs> the n pack I call the buck. I mean, either
0: one works. It's more if you want to how you finesse it in terms of calling of no. that. You know, do you call it the grime below the top tier, or do you want to just watch the chaos unfold? Because to me, arena means cha- arena football means chaos. So I want to take mm-hmm. the chaos element of it. It's how I see it. So i'm gonna go with that and this week just adds more to the chaos so Mm -hmm. let's get in this. let's let's preview these games shall we let's dive in we're gonna we're gonna kick things off two friday games two of the three friday games hey like we said the nal starting to diversify that schedule a little bit this year that's not bad Mm -hmm. layer it i like the layers you know i can watch a game one day and i can focus on the next day thanks nal Well,
1: well well kind of happens when you got two big concerts in both Orlando and Jacksonville happening on Saturday. So you have to find a way to get the games going.
0: Thanks, NAL. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Thank you, Brooks and Dunn. And Shania Twain. Okay, let's go. (laughs) Thanks, NAL.
0: Nonetheless, (laughs) even if it's scheduling issues,
1: I like this. it's perfect for us. I
0: I know. That's what I'm saying. NAL or National Marine League folks that we talk to, please keep this going for next year, even if it isn't even if it's purposeful or accidental. And they got the right game on Saturday saying mm-hmm. people audience people watching at home that can't go to the games also like this so yeah. keep that in mind as long as it's a weekend game you know or maybe monday i don't, I don't know i wouldn't i don't know about monday games monday, monday, night the
1: football, arena, monday night football nal hosted by monday and football i could be the job man mm. the object of the game is score more points so, so my pat summerall yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> You just can't do that, dawg, Zach. You see how it's like Donnie up in Orlando. <laughs> ain't
0: <laughs> right that you right, are, Donnie?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Right you are, Jimmy boy.
1: <laughs> I literally – we mentioned them on Wednesday. This is actually – I've already commented. That's like over or under how many times ain't you right, Donnie, go over and under. I put it at 75 and a half. And I think either – uh, the Orlando guy or whoever's doing their uh, stream commented on there. It. It's like, Oh, I'm taking the over big time. I don't know who does their social media, but on the chat is, I'm taking it over big time. So let's, uh, I ain't, you right, right. Donnie's actually trending in the national arena league. So I, lo- thing, that's- I
0: love it. It's like such a, it's such a quirk that I just love for predators games. They do a great yeah. job by the way out there. Not that's, you know, us joking aside, they do a great job out there. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Um, we'll get to them in a second. Uh, mm-hmm. Right now though, and we'll get to the sharks, which I mean, Hey, I like their, their broadcast quality, their crew. They do a great job too, production wise. Um, they're going home. They're going to be t- getting the uh, San Antonio gunslingers who are going to be wrapping up their long road trip out East mm-hmm. to go to Jacksonville. Um, it's uh, you know, it, it, after last week kind of an imposing threat as we talked about, it seems uh, sharks looming lurking
1: um lurking yeah <laughs> i mean moved. that's what, what
0: i could what can i say um no San. i mean san antonio obviously coming off a tough loss just down the road in orlando um it's a again learning season it's a lot of trial and error john wayne just taking over that like i said things can change you know but right now they're trying to get there and then we'll get a home game next week right now finish the road trip correct um Jim, I mean, how do you how do you look at this game playing out? Do you see any improvements for San Antonio? Do you see them playing better than last week?
1: I see them playing better because they've been getting better each and every week. Fair you're enough. You're seeing you're you're seeing more progression of the offense. The offense is being more fluid. Um, they made a couple of plays against Orlando that look as like you can tell they're starting to learn the NEO game, not the other leagues uh, version of it. Um, they're starting to be very. They're I can't say they're being humbled, but they're. They're calming down. They're executing. They're making better plays. Now is can they exceed, uh, extend that just beyond two quarters of play, and make it a four quarter game? Because uh, they're going to go into an environment that they have never played in. This right. is the first time uh, San Antonio fans uh, our fellow people up in the smoking guns. I know how you guys are getting fan support, um, but your team is about to travel into an arena audience that they have never played. They play, They played in Orlando, not big crowds. They're playing in Jacksonville, where there's estimated predictions about seven k. This is um, uh,
0: definitely the most hostile crowd they will play in in correct. the organization's history. By the way, like this is only a two-year-old yeah, two year old. No. Yeah, organization. They have never played in a crowd this size. i yeah, they almost even if even if i have to go back. I guarantee you, they've never played in a seven thousand seat crowd no. with people and, right and, there. And like for
1: that. them, it's going to be. Especially for the ownership group that will travel with San Antonio, they get to see how Jacksonville presents the game. So it's a learning curve for them, too. But on the field, Jacksonville is on a momentum right now. They know that they're home for a chunk of the second half of the season against teams that are very winnable for them. And San Antonio coming here for Shark fans and for the Shark organization can't lose to this team. If you want to be a chance to, Host a home playoff game. You have to take care of business tonight uh, on Friday night. Oh yeah, yeah tonight, of course, tonight because the show debuts on Friday. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 it's the free <laughs> game show, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but yeah, uh, for Jacksonville, uh, Arvel Nelson, the offense, Mike Hall is coming in. I think there's just a lot of buzz coming into Jacksonville Sharks, um, game situation here. I think Santone doesn't prove. They're getting better each and every week. I think like what you mentioned before, this is a learning curve season. They do have good key aspects. They had a lot of transactions over the last couple of weeks. A couple of players uh, left the team. They got some new guys. And so that's going to take time to get the team back in, into a mold. But three straight weeks on the road, you're on your third road. trip back to Florida in Jacksonville to a hostile environment. I think it's a little too much. I think they're going to play against a quarterback like Arvell Nelson. They play Jonathan Bain, they're getting Arville Nelson, and the offense, I think, has found, found themselves in Jacksonville, and I think we might see a similar game to when we played the – uh Sharks played the Columbus Lions here a couple weeks ago. Um, so I'm picking not a shock. I'm picking Jacksonville this one. I think we're going to see the same type of game we did last week between Orlando and San Antonio. San Antonio stays in it for the first couple of ha- uh, first half but they just run out of gas in the second half of Jacksonville.
0: I just want to see mitigated mistakes and a little more fluent motion with the offensive nature that San Antonio brings. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my own, my main thing every week. I want to see improvements in that regard. Um, and I think that there's ways, I mean, I think that they Jacksonville, you can attack it. You know, I think as much as, you know, J- Jonathan Bain and company up there in Carolina, you know, they're a dominant offense, but I mean, still like, you know Jacksonville did. There are opportunities to score on on the Sharks. You know, not going to lie, um, leaky defense. I mean, Kenny Veal also being traded. You were doing a trade off there when you went for J for Jared Dangerfield. You were mm-hmm. you're stacking up with more offensive weapons for Arvell or possibly Malik, Malik Henry in exchange for you're letting your defensive back go, and you're going to have to sub substi- s- substitute or figure out how you're going to mitigate that impact. So, Correct. you know, they first week last week was kind of that test. This week with San Antonio, I mean, you know, Robert Kent, Khalil Rashad, keep connecting on that end, if you will. Correct. I know that they brought, like you're talking receiver signings. I'm kind of curious to see how much action you'll see, like uh, Akil Greer or Ramel Workman. You know, they brought him in recently. I'm wondering if they'll get some action and kind of more usage in here this week. Um, Because Marcel Brooks, he was let go. So, you know, that was a contributor that was consistently with the team that is not there anymore. Uh, Joey Fisher, you know, let's see if he can step up a bit more this week too. Um, I mean, he's been a consistent vocal po- voice for this team, so we'll see if that's the case. I still have the Sharks, but again, it's, it's a learning curve year. I, I know I sound like I'm downing him hard, and I know Gunslingers fans, they've, they've really been like, well, man, I mean, we have people I'm like you do. It's just, you know, right now, this is a tough time. You're coming into six-team league like this, it, there's a lot of good talent across the board. It's very hard to, com- to compete when you got some of the best guys at four or five of the different rosters ahead of you already. And you're trying to play catch up right now. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, heck, uh, I know we talked last year about this, but Carolina, that's how they got in. They, they played, uh, they tinkered rapidly at the end of the year. You know, that's kind of what San Antonio is going to keep doing. You know, they've been doing it now. They're going to keep doing it here right now. Hopefully key pieces of this offense, keep chugging along and defensively, you just got to keep everything in front of you it's the best I can give you, but I got the sharks walking away. It's going to be a very rowdy crowd and there. It's a tough environment for a new team to come and play into. I'm sorry. That's all I can say. That's all I can say for you this week. Uh, Moving on though, we go just down the coast. Or well, I guess just down the coast, really central of the state. We we go to Disney World, I guess. (laughs) That's Disney World, United or Universal, whatever you prefer. It's your, it's your call. I'm not, I'm not judging you. Uh, The Columbus Lions are going to travel to Orlando. They'll play the Predators, finishing up their home stint. Um, As we've talked, played some close matchups against the top tier opponents in Albany and Carolina. Um, One last week against the Gunslingers, who are on their own road trip, Columbus. A lot of stuff going on we just mentioned um it is definitely going to be a fascinating contest to see who might be taking that upward trend who might be possible i mean this is this is one that i think to me decides who i think might be that fourth seed i think um again I, like i said I'm, I'm getting more bullish on orlando as we go along you know similar deal to last year where like we talked ben bennett's squad came on late mm-hmm. you know became a playoff squad late after early losses this year, Jeff Higgins, early, early lows, but you know, credit, they've got two wins under the belt. Now this could be the game that they get that third and the upward trajectory keeps moving up. And honestly, just because of Orlando they're healthy. I've also, besides just for Cato um, something that the predators seem to be adjusting to Larry Beavers and Lonnie outlaw, you know, they're very much, you know, they're, they're excellent receiving talents. But I've seen them as guys, I think that are adapting to getting those defensive positions down more. Every week it seems like a little bit by bit they've been a little more consistently flowing with what Josh Jenkins does back there. Um, and it's been it's been helping. I mean, Larry Beavers posts up highlights every week, and I'm like, I watch these games, and after the fact I see him, I'm like, yeah, he's he's flying around a lot more and he's getting more of an impact every week. Lonnie Outlaw, you know, he's more playing the jack linebacker out there, and he's getting this position down better, you know, he's playing essentially where Devin Wilson is. And, you know, he's adjusting to that. That was a challenge for him this year. He's doing, he's getting better every week and is uh, filling in that role. So that's what I want to see improve. I think they're mm-hmm. going to keep proving that direction Columbus. There's just a lot going on. You know, I, I mean, Jason Gibson might, I think still can bring a solid competing squad, but between injuries suspensions and a lot of questions now at quarterback between who's actually going to suit up for that, you know, my money, by the way, personally, and this is just without insider info or anything, I think it's Darren Daniel, to be frank. Um, if he suited up last week with the brace on, I think he does it now. And I don't know what Southwest condition is, but he's been banged up in the last two contests. I just think they rest him or they switch back to Darren. That's my uh, that's my honest opinion on it. It's not even factual. I'm going on a whim with that. Um, <laughs> but if either case, though, I actually take Orlando taking this in the jungle. I got Orlando in this one. It'll be They'll get to 500. Columbus keeps on uh, going downward trend, in my opinion, just for stuff out in or out of their control. And they're going to have to tinker. They'll take a loss, though, this week, I think, in the jungle on Friday night or tonight, that is.
1: Not so fast, my friend. You're not the only one that's picking the Orlando Predators.
0: Oh, you do swerves. (laughs) You are so good at
1: these. Sorry. You're so Um, good at
0: the swerves, I swear.
1: Um, I got the Predators this week. Uh, there's a lot of questions in, or- uh, in Columbus right now. Injuries, uh, quarterback questions, from what we've been hearing from our sources, it's just a lot of cluster right now going on. Mm-hmm. And I can't pick a team that is a walking wounded right now. Uh, Orlando's very – they're healthy. Not very healthy. They're healthy. KO's getting better. Beavers outlaw are improving. Uh, Alfred is getting more reps at, uh, at fullback, getting more yardage. Their team is uh, playing a lot higher level than Columbus right now. And like you said earlier, this is the, the pivotal point. Who is the three seed? Who's the four seed? Who's the one that's going to miss out? This is one of those crucial matchups that will determine that. So, yes, I got Orlando in this game, and I'm, it's going to be ugly for Columbus. Can they match score for score for or against Orlando? Orlando has the offense to do so. I think it would be a lot closer than scoring score in Jacksonville. Uh, with uh, Jackson San Antonio, uh, but I got Orlando here with the uh, the win. And yes, I know my swerves are good. That's why they're called swerves, my friend.
0: See, but you disguise them as you know actual
1: upset statements
0: or <laughs> like actual bold claims that you are putting in here. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. All right, so that means right now you and I are basically same across the entire board right now. Um, yeah, because
1: we kind of do good last week.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> <laughs> we're across the board picking the same thing, yeah. and fr- like I said, Friday you get you get two matchups to watch. If you tonight, I know we're you you understand we're recording right now. Tonight you get two quality you get two matchups in the NAL, and then Saturday is the marquee one that's on the board, mm-hmm. the one we've been hyping up, the one we've been curious to see for a few weeks now that we've been marking on our calendars. The top two teams in the league, Carolina is going back to MVP Arena. To play the albany empire a different looking albany empire than their first time um besides just sam castronova play, starting you got different faces signed on now different mm-hmm. personalities that should be healthy again ken Kent mcgruder was playing a week before and now he wasn't in columbus so now is he back we'll find that out too you know that's what we'll have to see but a lot going on albany is looking to possibly even things up as you might have like i said i've been referencing coach Minas's show. He's stated that they. this is the most important game of the season right now for them. They're coming into this thinking it's do or die for their position in the playoff race right now, and they're seeding. Carolina, they're licking their wounds off a tough loss, one that they did all in their power offensively to keep up and to possibly come out on top at the end. Just a really damn good football game, a really damn good arena football game they played last week. Now they get to go play against arguably just as if not their toughest opponent that they've already had to face this season with new faces. Jim, what are the keys to this one with Albany coming in with kind of just an altered, different look roster for Coach Rez to look at?
1: The key to this game is what Jax will capitalize against Carolina last week. The deuces. Yeah. T.C. Stevens, if he's hitting deuces, Carolina has a competitive edge. Unless Manas has something up his sleeve with the uh, with the kicking situation. We don't know if Roscoe's going to start or if they have someone coming in. Um, but also, this is basically, for especially for Castronova, you can say this is a, a game that he kind of circled on his calendar um, because he did play for the Carolina Cobras last year, and this is his chance to play against his former team. So revenge. Revenge, yeah. The cliche, <laughs> revenge, I know. Revenge. I'm, I'm, I'm over intensifying it probably, but yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's going to be unique. This is a different Albany team compared to last year. Cause the last year's Albany uh, not, not last year, last week one seems like a year ago, right? Week, week one, one yeah, yes. it was Mike faithful. Now it's Sam Nova, But there's also players that we don't know are going to play. Is Kid grew going to play? Is Antoine Grant going to play for the uh, Albany Powers? Kenny you going to play for the Albany fire? Um, Albany has a lot of questions. They're home home field advantage. This is their only time to, Secure home field. Uh, My keys to the game, like I mentioned, I think it's going to come down to Nova versus Bain. Is it different from Faithful or Bain? And the Deuces. Overall, you look at these two teams by blueprint, by paper, they're the same team. They're identical. Uh, We preached in the offseason, Carolina had a better roster than Albany. How they were putting it together, and they proved it out of the gate. Right off the bat with uh, five straight wins. Jacksonville got them. Remember, Albany, Dang good team last year. Had one loss. That was yep. Jacksonville. Albany rebounded. Does Carolina do that? Albany did. They rebounded on the road the next week. Does Carolina do that this week in Albany? And I've been thinking about this game a lot throughout the whole week. It's a pivotal game. One of the marquee games in arena football this week, especially for the National Arena League, it is our marquee games. There are other leagues going on. There's some marquee games there we're not going to talk about. You, you can do your own research. You'll find what the other games are, um, but in our league, Albany and Columbus they have play they play each other three times this season. This is game two of that three game series. The third game is in Carolina. This is a must win for Albany to secure to tie the C series. to get not really tiebreaker, but tie it to make that game three in Columbus in three weeks the pivotal tiebreaker. Right. Does it happen in Albany? I don't see Coach Rez losing back-to-back games with this roster. Albany, yes, did beat Columbus. Yes, did beat Jacksonville without Arville Nelson, a team that was in disarray. Struggle against Orlando. Struggle against Jacksonville against the same Arville Nelson. I just think Columbus Carolina had a bad game. And honestly, they, play, they, they outplayed Jacksonville in the second half. Just a deuce with a the big difference and a third down stop is a big difference. Albany fans, the Empire, sorry. You're going to hate me. But unfortunately, I'm going to make a bold statement and Manos could get mad at me. He can send me. I, I still got to buy Albany gear. I may have to buy some more gear when this happens. Um, but I think the Carolina Cobras are going to sweep the Albany Empire this season. I think it's gonna be oh, wow. a 3-0 sweep. Um, questions to special teams in Albany. That's the one I think TC Stevens is the advantage. Albany wins. Oh well they shut me up but I think Albany uh, loses this game and I think it's gonna be a dog fight. It's gonna be one of those good arena football games with great highlights, great plays. Hopefully it's a hopefully it's a clean game. Hopefully it's penalty free. Hopefully everything runs smoothly. And hopefully this game puts the marquee matchup of the NL, what the arena game should be between the two best teams in the league. But, yes, I think – I just can't go against Coach Rez. Uh, I think they got – Jacksonville got them. I think they were unprepared. They they're very prepared for Albany. They know this trip of Albany. They played them already. They know the keys to how to beat Albany. I think it's going to be a good game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. It's going to be one of those classic arena shootouts. Caroline just gets the advantage, wins the season series. In game two, in a couple of weeks, they went into Carolina for the third game. That's my bold statement. If I get it wrong, I'll have to buy more Albany gear, which I'm happily will do. Um, When, of course, when it's time, I actually can get Albany gear. So, yeah. So, yeah, you can hate me, Albany fans. Jim is just a Shark fan. Yes, I am. And I still think you guys are going to lose to Carolina. (laughs) And I think you're going to get swept by Carolina this year. Honestly, if you want me to be very bold, I think you're going to lose all four matchups against Carolina this year. But that's me just being bold. Um, but <laughs> All right. Um, um, but I'm not that serious. I think playoffs are a completely different beast than the regular season. But right now, I think Carolina wins this game. I think they have not really – they're not – how can I say it? They feel like they've been you know underestimated all year, especially all offseason. They proved it week one. I think they do it again in week uh, this week. To, uh, Albany to say, hey, that wasn't a, that wasn't a fluke week one. This is the reason why we're better than this. they have the guys, they have the quarterback, they have the players. The thing is, is that uh, Carolina's a lot healthier right now than Albany. Albany just came from a very dogfight in Columbus, very couple of ugly couple ugly games. Carolina's taking care of everybody except for one game against Jacksonville. Pivotal matchup. Also, I could, could be completely wrong. Albany can win this one and in a couple of weeks, and so they can just you know do the uh, Eli Manning to me. Um, on the uh, BLI cast, like there you go, Jim. Um, but yeah, I can't tell. I'll get reminded if we're we're live with the with the Empire in the championship game. Does anybody remember that comment? Yeah, I'll live up to it. But yeah, I got Carolina. I'm the guy who lives up to his words. All right, uh, word, words, whatever. That's Jim just going on a rant. But yes, Carolina wins this one. Um, I think they touched t- touched the high 60s, low 70s, uh, 71, 65, Carolina. I
0: don't even have much to add in because you basically circled everything that I was looking at. Honestly, (laughs) I stabbed it. (laughs) I guess you pierced all the points. But all I can really add on, I I don't think you're going to see an Empire squad that played Week One. You're not going to see a. I don't see a sloppy of a of a whole game as you did Week One. I don't think this week you'll see it. And and I I put it in the fact that, you know, Coach Manas, I think, knows how important this game is for the overall season outcome and for what could be the implications later down the line. Because, no offense, Albany is going to be – there is a high possibility they could be in the championship game again this year. They have the roster to do it, and they have time if they get healthier as they go down the line. Antoine Grant, you know, if he can come back before the championship, that's and probably
1: against Carolina, so that's four matchups. So right,
0: and they've added on Aaron Washka as well. I mean, they're they're notorious for they sign on people and they they stockpile and they build up. As for right now, compared to Week One's roster, um, I think that they've been playing much more smoothly under Sam Castronova. I know that it was one week with Mike faithful, but Sam has stepped in and he has done wonders for them last week though. You know, delays in flights and getting down there or not. One thing Columbus did, they smacked him in the mouth. They, they essentially came out and said, we're not going to make him comfortable. We aren't going to let Darius Prince burn us. They did one time at the end of that mm-hmm. contest. And I'm wondering how much coach Rez watched that tape and said, we might have to do the same thing. I also wonder too, how much more do you see, for example, Aaron Washka, Or do you see, you know, the likes of likes of example, Wade getting more involved too? Mm -hmm. you know, secondary options will be important. You know, Darius Prince, he can break out any week, but that correct focus in only on him. You have to have those secondary pieces for Sam to get to and reliably throw to as possibilities. Uh, And honestly, I see this game is going to be just like last week for the Cobras back and forth whoever gets the one stop or whoever has the better special teams, by the way, is going to win. And this is where I say I can't pick Albany this week and credit things could change. You know, we mm-hmm. don't have at this time of recording, we don't have the official injury report. Unfortunately,
1: oh. I, um, another key contribute that I completely overlooked: if Antoine Grant comes in, if he does play this week, that gives, that releases the pressure from Darius Prince because what Columbus did, they put forts and on pairs of Prince, and they were hitting them right off the line. Like busting time, uh, the timing routes. If Grant is healthy and does play this week, it does release some of the pressure. But you're also up against going up against defensive players that on the Carolina has that equal to Albany's. Just it's a good game. I can't. I'm actually really looking for. I'm almost tempted to do a live stream coverage of this game because I think it's the marquee game that of the year. And we might not get this type of game again, yet again this season until the championship.
0: You aren't wrong. I would, I mean, I could see it. I could see us doing that just because it is, it's that impactful to, I think, the later on year implications. Uh, again, though, I, I'm not going to go as bold as you. I will say Albany probably loses this one. Um, really just in a, really just the fact they can't, maybe, maybe they have someone up their sleeve that can kick. But, you know, that injury to Roscoe looked pretty severe Mm -hmm. on screen last week. I don't, I do not think he makes it back in. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see him coming in. And if he comes in, I don't see him efficiently getting the same level of hitting deuces and getting accurate kicks like he was before. Just because, I mean, that looked pretty much like you twisted your knee up pretty bad is what I saw. So that being said. TC Stevens is the ace in the hole for me for Carolina to win this. That that's my that's the one. If that there's next factor, it's him. I think that him being a reliable, reliable kicker there, being an all-NAL guy on the opposite side that's fully healthy, and you have two offenses that basically can negate each other at any time, he'll win this game for all, for the Carolina Cobras in Albany this week. It'll just be like a, it'll just be a grind out like one of those slow burns is what'll happen. A deuce here, a deuce there. Kicks aren't landing for Albany, but touchdowns are getting there.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
0: you'll all of a sudden be down possession. You'll go, what just happened? You'll go rival kicker. And that's, what's huh. going to be how I predicted. Give me, uh, give me 65. And because I want to put a possession behind 65 to 59. That's what I'll do.
1: So we're both predicting tight games. Open up, up In, like, up in high scoring. Yeah. Okay.
0: Tight, high scoring football game right here. That's what I'm putting on
1: If like, I my money.
0: I'm putting it down like, like, that. like
1: we're entering the midseason right now, and if, if we've had f- fans from Albany or Carolina, whoever, reach out go, Jim and Zach, if the playoffs started today, who are your four playoff teams and who's in a championship game? Okay. Mine, number one seed, Carolina. Albany's two, three is Jacksonville, and four is Orlando. Who is in my championship game is Albany and, and Carolina. That's in my championship game with Carolina winning it all. That is my playoffs right now. That's basically, that's not based off current standings because that's not current standings, is Albany, uh, ja- uh, Carolina, Albany, Columbus, and Orlando. So I think Jacksonville is the third seed. I think they get up, they'll they'll toy with Albany, but they won't get the home field. Um, they're in the stretch where there's something happens, there's a pivotal, but that's my 14. So if someone asks me, who do you think is the championship game right now, Jim? Carolina and Albany with Carolina winning in, in Greensboro. I think top four is the
0: same for me, too, by the way, if we're going to ask that question. Um, I'm kind of curious, though, I, I do find with Vell that there is an argument to be made that they, that if you have, say, Albany and Jacksonville lining up in a 2-3, mm-hmm. I could see the Sharks upsetting the Empire just off of, you know, depending on if this roster stays healthy and that things keep progressing the way they are. Yeah. And then you have a fifth matchup where it's Cobra Sharks again. That's a toss up for me. I honestly couldn't pick right now. Um, I think I would slightly edge it to the Cobras, just because. I, I mean, home hey, field. they're going to have more matchups later down the line, and as long as they're staying healthy, I mean, every game, every team has an off day, you know. Which well, is
1: strange if that does happen in your prediction, they go, they go Carolina in regular season, at home, then they're at San Antonio, home against Carolina then they'll be at Albany, then they'll be at Carolina. (laughs) So every other week will be Carolina in that six-week stretch. So, yeah, or actually seven because there's a bye week between the playoffs and the NL championship game. So, yeah, so if someone asked me that, be that, yeah, that. And like I already mentioned earlier in the show, who would be my MVP? And I always say right now it will be uh, Jonathan Bain. And right now, Coach of the Year, if someone told me who would be Coach of the Year right now, just based on how the season is going, I can't give it to Coach Rez because I think he has the best roster. I gotta give it to uh, Jeff Higgins of Orlando right now.
0: Ooh. Um uh,
1: just just because he got a lot of guys on his team, a lot of inexperienced arena guys, and we're what week th- we're entering week seven, and now you're seeing that team gel. I think that's that's due to a lot of coaching. So that's my my coach of the year. And what's the other award they give out? Who's the Iron Man so far? Uh, My my midseason would be uh, Darius Prince, Ironman, right off the bat. Offensive MVP, probably Jonathan Bain, and defensive MVP. um, I'll have to say Jermon Fortson, in my opinion. Um, Those are my midseason awards, (laughs) if someone would ask, because basically we are entering midseason, so hello. I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna punt until next week just because I <laughs> we I approach this show I wasn't ready for that I'm just gonna be honest with you I guess off the you, top of my head you host
1: a show with me in it you should look, be expected look, to this
0: look fine you know what fine fine I'll give you it I'll give you it <laughs> fine you yes! you
1: you have coaxed this out of me that's okay Dylan, Dylon so, Dylon so yes yes
0: Iron Man right now of the year it's to me it's Darius Prince it, it, otherwise. I mean, I, I I was early favorite is Fortson. Maybe that could change, but right now there isn't enough production for Fortson to be put up. Prince is my guy right now, Iron Man wise for that award, Offensive Player of the Year. I mean, it's either Jonathan Bain or I mean, honestly, if you look at numbers, I mean, I think Bain. Um, if I if. Directions keep going. I'm going to say, I'm going to throw Cato in there. I, maybe I'm just a, maybe I just love Rakeem Cato that much, but I mean, dude in his last few games tw- in his last few contests, 28 touchdowns, two picks. Mm-hmm. Somehow they've lost against Albany and Carolina, but he's throwing it up like a madman. So keep that in mind. I, I, I think that's my dark horse. Um, defensively. Yeah. Fortson. I think that's a good option right there. Um, otherwise if I'm thinking around the NAL, um, I mean, quite frankly, I could also do. Jesus, I mean, I talk like Joe Powell. If I'm looking over at Orlando,
1: Kenny Veal, Kenny, I damn. mean, Kenny
0: Veal when he's so far when he's Kenny playing. Kenneth he Hall, Gruder, Hall. Um, yeah, I mean, th- those Hag. are all solid options. <laughs> and Nick Hag, geez, got mm-hmm. yeah, plenty. Um, I would say, I guess for a definitive, why not go? Yeah, I'll stick. I'll stick with Fortson like you're doing honestly
1: a specialist right now uh i can't go with the kicker i gotta go with kick returner and that's a uh, rakeem um uh, crap what's his name from san antonio Um uh, rakeem not rakeem ko oh, that's yeah, no. Rashad. Raco- that- rashad yes from san antonio mm-hmm. because of all he i think he has like four touchdown returns for kickoff return so he's my specialist. if not it'll be Or if Roscoe gets healthy, it'd be Roscoe for all the deuces. Possibly TC Stevens. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of good guys there. I know it's just short nose, my friend, because you know it's me. I like to drop knowledge like that. But yeah. So, I think it's time to get ready for some week seven action of the National League. I think
0: so. Uh, And if you've been tuning in, uh, yeah, we're going to basically just usher you into this game. If you're watching this or listening to this while the games are going on, then. Hey, I mean, more power to you. you you've done a great, yeah. you've done great. Now you can be playing the Hindsights 2020 game with us. Why not? All right. Well, they got it wrong. It's like, well, yeah, you're watching it. after yeah. fact. So congratulations. We're, we're not doing it now. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but yeah. Until we're not called game
1: day yet, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Until next time, folks, thanks for tuning in, as always. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at InWallspod. Again, that is at InWallspod. As our good buddy says off show, the ref, hit that bell. It builds morale and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or you know subscribe on YouTube where you can hit the bell as we are referencing. Um, be sure to check us out on the National Real League's website, nationalrealeague.com, for more as well as news on the league's updates on scores, stats, you name it. Uh, And until next time, guys, as always, remember one thing as we send you off to this evening's NAL action.
1: Don't be a jack-in-the-box. Drive safe and have a great weekend.
0: Stay tuned, everybody. Catch you later.